Welcome to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. I'm Yusip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. My name is Tobias, and I'm back again with Yusip. What's up? Hey, Toby. I am studying for a new language. And this was a plan that I, uh, no, 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 I kind of know that already, even though I'm not following up on the latest and greatest updates to C-sharp. But I knew that once I'm done with school, so that's taken most of my effort for the past two years, I knew that once I'm done with school, I need to continue studying for something else. And I figured, well, I need to learn a new language. So I, I do know Finnish, which is my native language. I spent about 10 years learning Swedish, so I really suck with that, but I sort of get it, even though I never use it. And then English, of course, a little bit of German, and I figured, okay, I need to learn something more properly. So I chose Dutch, and my Dutch and, and, and my Belgian friends keep telling me that it's super hard to learn, but they are congratulating me for actually taking the effort here. So I am on day two using Duolingo, the, the, the mobile app, and it's, it's not too easy. And obviously, I'm, I'm at the very, very basics. So just yesterday evening, that was day one for me in Duolingo, I'm spending 10 minutes a day. So yesterday, we got to this sentence, and, and I've optimized this a bit. So if you introduce yourself, you say, Ik ben Jussi, meaning I am, my name is Jussi or I am Jussi. And then there was this super weird additional sentence that stuck to me that, that goes, and ikho wants up. And I was like, I have no idea what this means. And it means, and I love juice, meaning I love okay. drinking juice. So this is taking me back about 25 years to when I was learning Swedish because the sentences were quite the same, making no point, but you're learning the language. And that's all <laughs> yeah, that counts. Some things never change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So perhaps a year from now, if I stick through this 10 minutes a day, I will be more fluent. But for now, I can just say my name in Dutch, and that's mostly it. <laughs> Fair enough, but that's good progress. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. So how about for you? So on my side, I have been seeding the plants and preparing them for the big greenhouse in the new house. And when I say seeding the plants, I every year, every spring, I usually plant seeds to uh, basil and chili peppers and bell peppers and zucchinis and, you know, all kinds of things. And and also get the uh, the cucumber and we have something called mini cucumber. So really small, cute cucumbers. So I'm driving this, this up now in the apartment and just in time that we get the house in June this year where we have a, a bigger greenhouse, I can replant and repot them and put them uh, out there. So that's pretty much what I spent my half of my weekend on with my kids and, you know, replanting, putting these, what used to be seeds, which are now, how do you call them? Sprouts, maybe you know, into new pots and preparing them for, you know, the outdoor great life inside of the greenhouse later this summer. And for, for a, a fun point here, reference point is I, I do a lot of gardening or a lot of planting. And I think it's two years ago now, maybe three years ago, I had a basil plant that was more than two meters from the soil up. 
So it actually started getting uh, like thick bark on, on the branches. So this year I'm, I'm aiming for at least two and a half meters basil plant. And, and I still have my entire freezer filled with basil from that period because that was that turned into a tree and it was huge. I could not fit it in my home office. So that's what I'm gunning for. <laughs> so this is impressive. And I do no gardening at all. But a year from now, I will or I should have my own garden as well. I'm still fairly certain I'm not doing any gardening then either. But I'm I'm putting this in memory that I might, might reach back to you and ask for a couple of tips. What's the easiest way to do fun stuff without really spending time on it? I think that's the goal for me. <laughs> you just go buy a plant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> get, get the plant. Okay, I'm done. What next? Yeah. So today we are talking about Azure Bicep. And it took me the longest of times to understand why it's called Azure Bicep. And then I realized, well, you have Azure Arm or Azure Resource Manager. You have your arm, then you have the bicep. Okay, I, I, I get the connection now. <laughs> but how, how would you explain what's Azure Bicep and why should I care? So bicep is, the way I see it, it's a way to improve the experience with Azure Resource Manager or ARM. Uh, it's a DSL, which is a domain-specific language. And that kind of abstracts away some of the complexities from ARM templates. And you know what I'm talking about if you've ever authored an ARM template. They can be pretty messy and it can be a lot of, uh, you know, open brackets and there can be a lot of, you know, nested configurations in there. And with Bicep, they aim to take that away or at least take some of the pain away. So, so it's a DSL, again, a domain-specific language. So it has that purpose to uh, kind of be an abstraction layer to author your uh, ARM templates. In the end, it's still an ARM template. When you deploy, it's still the JSON file, the ARM template, the traditional Azure Resource Manager template, at least currently. So it's a way to do infrastructure as code, possibly in a bit better way than we used to do. And I've, I've used this now, and I've converted some production templates, and there's others that may or may not work yet. But I, I find that the extension for Visual Studio Code is very good. So using Visual Studio Code and you author something called a .bicep file, when you have that extension, then extension installed, then you get you know, all the IntelliSense, which is kind of cool. So in Visual Studio Code, now you can start typing things. And you can um, you know, build your parameters, variables, modules, outputs, scopes, whatever you want, and you get autocomplete and IntelliSense inside of authoring this file, uh, which is kind of cool. And then it also helps you along the line when you build the template. And the, the format is cleaner than an ARM template. So yeah, that's that's like the lowdown of what Bicep is to me. And I've, I've used it now, not extensively. I've, I've used it for a couple of projects. I've used it for a couple of things. I really like it. I see this replacing, at least in new projects, replacing the endeavors to create templates uh, using ARM, I would rather create them using Bicep because Bicep should have feature parity with ARM in a lot of the, the things. There's still some room for improvement on that, but according to Microsoft, it is supported for production use. So this is, I guess, the most important thing to understand. And yeah, the team at Microsoft, they're working hard and they're working a lot on it. And you can see 
you know, the release cadence and the update frequency with Bicep is pretty impressive. So they are indeed working a lot on it. So that's the, the TLDR or the uh, the short version of my view on Bicep. Bicep, have you worked with it or taken a look at it? I took a look at it. I haven't really used this in a real uh, project or environment yet. Uh, what I did find out though is, do you still recall a sort of a project or or this sort of uh, collection of, of best practices called Azure Building Blocks? I recall the name. It's a long time since I heard that. Exactly. And that's still very much alive. And you can get the uh, the NPM package. And the latest one is for, from four months ago. But the Azure BB team, if you will, they, they have a message on their landing page saying that we are not building this any further. But for advanced deployment capabilities, have a look at Azure Bicep. So, so in, in that sense, it, it seems like Azure Bicep is the chosen one in, in sense of creating, creating abstracted templates for provisioning and, and, and deploying whatever you need in Azure. And you said on ARM templates that, that one of the challenges in there is that they, they tend to grow super big. And I tried this last week. I spun up an Azure API management instance. I added just one API on the front end that I want to want to publish. And then I exported that setup in an ARM template. It was 1500 lines. <laughs> so so I figured, okay, there, there's no point in this because I can just use Azure CLI with three lines, set it up myself without realizing or, or relying on this huge template. So yeah. what I'm sort of perhaps expecting or hoping to see from Bicep is that it will be mature enough during this year that I can use Bicep to do any sort of deployments to Azure and maintain this more of a documentable approach to whatever I, I plan using. Let's say I need to deploy two VMs and some workloads within those VMs. Would it be ideal to have two Bicep files? And I can say, okay, this is it. And if anybody wants to have a look, it's not going to be 1,500 lines of, of something you don't understand. It's going to be 10 lines each. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it reminds me of PowerShell DSC. I, and I think that still exists, although I haven't used that in a couple of years. But did I, did I get it right? that if I use VS Code, I use the extension, I author a .bicep file, that's a text file essentially. But once I build the project, the output is an ARM JSON file. Exactly, that's how it happens. So uh, what I use is, I, I mean, everything I do every day is in the Azure CLI. I use it for a lot of things, both in development and production use. So with the Azure CLI, you can use the CLI to install Bicep as well, so you know that's the that's the first thing uh, installing the uh, the tools. So if you do use the Azure CLI, you can just do az bicep install. That's it. When you have done that, you can start using the Azure CLI to run bicep commands. You can of course also install the uh, the CLI standalone or you know in any other preferred way to install uh, a CLI. But I really like to have this from the Azure. CLI, because then I can also upgrade it from there and I can maintain it and everything else. 
everything else that I do is from inside the Azure CLI already. So then you do, if you author your bicep file, um, AC build, just to convert it to your ARM template. So what happens is you author the file in .bicep, and then you tell the CLI, hey, I've got a bicep file that I created, but you know now I want to go and deploy it, or I want to go and test it. In order to do that, you just run a, a command on the CLI to say, I'm done. Let's, let's create the JSON file. So in the end, you actually do get the JSON file, the ARM template file. And someone asked me the question, what about if I go the other direction, right? I already have my ARM template file. Like you just said, you export it from, uh, from something you set up and you can get 1,500 lines of ARM template. But you want to get started with BICEP. You're not going to start with that ground up and, and you know kind of author a new file and then try to figure everything out because there is a decompile command with BICEP. So you can just say AC BICEP, or if you're not using the Azure CLI, then you just do BICEP decompile. Um, there's a flag F and then the name of the JSON file. So you say BICEP decompile this file, which is an ARM template, and you will get the .bicep file out of it, right? So you can, when you do BICEP build, it creates the, the ARM template file. But if you have an ARM template file, and you want to then you know, make modifications and start authoring things in BICEP instead based off of that, you just do the decompile. So they, they do have support for that, and that's pretty cool. So I do this using the command line, but I know the obvious question here is going to be, you know, that's cool if I'm doing development work. But what happens in my CI, CD scenarios, right? Because everything I do is sit up in the cloud with Azure DevOps and GitHub Actions and all kinds of things. How do I now get my bicep file to get deployed into Azure? There are, which I believe today's third-party extensions that take your bicep filing and do the on-the-fly conversion to an ARM template file and then deploy it in Azure DevOps. So you do have the capabilities to do so. And I think everything is gunning in this direction. So, uh, but, but not specifically for Azure DevOps, but for any CI CD pipeline, really. So if you use GitHub Actions, the same thing. Um, ideally, you build your bicep file and you just commit that to your source code repository. And then when the, the CI CD pipeline picks it up and says, all right, code is validated, unit tests are run, templates are validated. Uh, let's plug them into the infrastructure and get something deployed. You know, you, that you can actually submit your bicep file and not ever have an, an ARM template file. That would be the optimal, optimal experience. Last time I tried it, which is now a couple of weeks, I did not have the option to like immediately push only the bicep file, but it had to have this step where it takes the bicep file, build, and then deploy the actual ARM file, which still works. All righty. So what I need to try perhaps later today is to decompile that one ARM template that I exported on Azure API management and then build that back to an ARM template to see what the difference is going to be. <laughs> it's like going to Google Translate and you translate something to one language and then you take the exact output and translate back and yes. you have a different sentence altogether. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great experiment. <laughs> so so often when I, when I talk with IT pros, uh, they might be more, more at home with perhaps using PowerShell. And in here, I, I think the, the inevitable question might be that, okay, so I'm using PowerShell to spin up a VM or provision an app service or an Azure SQL database. Why should I care about BICEP? So would you say that the benefit here is that, that you, you, you get more control and more detailed configuration through the templates? 
as opposed to simply using Azure CLI or simply using the PowerShell commandlets? Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, as, as always, uh, you know, when you've been in the business a long time, you know that you can never say one or the other uh, to 100%. It's always, it depends, right? I use ARM templates in production for a lot of things. And I use uh, now also bicep files for some things in production. And I don't use only bicep. I don't use only ARM. I use a mix. And the reason for that is whenever I create something new, I start with bicep now because you know it's cleaner and I understand the syntax. And that's also a question uh, as a side note that I get a lot. What about my ex ex uh, existing experience with ARM templates? You know, I, it took a long time to learn, you know, how things are dependent on one another, how these config sections are supposed to be built, and you know how I can build this complex, uh, co complex kind of ARM template setup or a JSON file. Thing is, with Bicep, it follows it, because it's based off of ARM. It is the same type of object. It's the same type of formatting um, or logic, if you will, not the formatting. So if you're familiar with how an ARM template work and you then take a look at a bicep file, you will immediately understand exactly how it works, except that the syntax is cleaner. So the only thing you have to learn really is the DSL or the domain specific language here, which is the formatting. And I see this as a kind of a combination between YAML and JSON. That's, that's how I see the formatting. And it's, it's fairly easy to, uh, to get started if you're already familiar with ARM. And to answer the question, I, I use Bicep for new projects most of the time. When I have existing projects and I can decompile an ARM template into a Bicep file and then deploy it successfully with the same outcome, then I will use Bicep. If I cannot do that uh, with a simple conversion, then I put it on the shelf. I don't have time to uh, like launch a new project, which is figure out how to convert fully working production workloads to bicep just for the sake of it that doesn't make sense nobody can afford that you know time wise or resource wise so for new projects when you have things that are easy to convert to to bicep from your existing arm that's great if you have more complex things you know it's your decision how you want to do it for me you know if, if i have things where bicep cannot decompile it i just put that on the shelf move on and then you know gradually kind of get into this direction but there is no, let's get everything on Bicep. Maybe there is if you have a small project, right? But you know, in, in reality, in, with production workloads and a lot of things to consider, uh, you know, with with business continuity and, and all the the operations you have got going on, you don't take chances, and you have something that is one hundred percent valid working in production. You don't want to kind of jinx that by plugging in, um, you know, some new technology just because for the sake of it, if you will. Uh, so that was a long answer to, to the question, but in the end, it depends as always uh, on all your variables, but I'm coming from, you know, real world project production workloads. There is no reason for me to change whatever works unless I can make that change really easy and with great confidence. And I can do that for some things, for some of my templates, but not all of them. This, this reminds me of, um, of a meeting I had last week Somebody in the meeting said that they are unable to deploy Azure Storage Explorer on, on their machine. And the, the intention is that, that we'd, we'd be looking at some stuff in a container in, in a blob storage. So we spent about five minutes figuring out, perhaps download it again, perhaps 
do this, perhaps do that. And how are you authenticating? And no, no, it, it just it doesn't work. And then I finally ask, so which version of Windows are you using? No, no, I'm on a MacBook. I have a Mac OS. Oh. I'm like, oh, okay, then, then that's a different thing. You need to do this, 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 and this. So it always depends on the variables. Back in the day, and I think you remember the, those days quite well, like myself, when we spent our days in SharePoint and we would often fiddle with onet.xml and manifest files, I often get the sense with ARM templates that it's a bit like ONET XML was in on-premises SharePoint. <laughs> a long file, <laughs> a long, long file. You sort of knew what's in there, but you constantly had to look up the different references and where's this pointing and what's this ID and why is there a GUID here, not, not an ID. And with ARM, I, I often had the same challenge. And now I feel with Azure Bicep, I can finally sort of get rid of spending time formatting what I want to do and get more to defining, and then somebody else does the formatting for me. So would you say that Azure Bicep, based on your experience now, would you say Azure Bicep is now ready for prime time? It's a great question. And I, I kind of touched on that previously when I went through all my long answers. And it is ready for prime time. It is supported by Microsoft to use in production. And I guess this is the important takeaway here. And with the release cadence that they have, I am fairly confident that you know in no time we will see a lot of fixes for the things that I currently have as blockers. For example, decompiling some of the complex templates. I think you know in a matter of months, even weeks, you know some of those templates might even uh, be be decompilable without effort. So it's definitely ready. And you know, and again, if all your pipelines. Or using ARM template and, and you want the confidence of that, that's okay. You can still use Bicep, right? Because you just author the file in .bicep format. Then your workflow can convert this to an ARM template. You can validate that and continue using all the pipelines you already have. You don't have to change the entire CI, CD pipeline setup. You, you don't have to change anything about the, the infrastructure workflow or how you deploy things if you don't want to. You can, but you don't have to. So the, the first step, uh, at least this is how I did it and how we did it is the first step to get this into prime time uh, in our production workloads is the authoring bit. So I can now write my templates and convert my templates to Bicep. But the actual deployments and packaging and everything else, that is still JSON files. I haven't touched that. And I have no reason to do that at the moment because I currently I have validators for uh, the ARM template validating that they uh, you know, uh, comply with the standards I need, that it's containing the correct formatting, that it's containing the right resources and a you know, bunch of custom ARM template uh, like security evaluations as well, which I don't think or I haven't seen for, for Bicep yet. But because it already exists for ARM, it inherently kind of exists for Bicep because you just build your Bicep file, you get the JSON file and you run that through your checks, right? If that comes out green, we're good to go. Definitely ready for prime time, but again, with the caveat that you need to understand where you are, what you have today, how you deploy things. Are you rolling things out in a super small project with one step in the pipeline? Yeah, maybe it makes sense to change this into taking the bicep file and you know do everything on the fly. For me, I cannot do that. 
I use ARM templates uh, from, from functions that deploy resources on the fly. I use them from inside of containers. I use them in Azure DevOps and in GitHub Actions and you know a bunch of more places that we don't have to you know, pinpoint every single location. These are just examples of places I use ARM templates today. Going to each of these things and just switch doesn't make sense because that is like a huge refactoring process both on the infrastructure and the code side alike. But that's the beauty of it. You know, you can start using Bicep, but you don't have to change all the production pipelines. So is it ready? Yeah, I'd say it is. But again, try it out, see what works, what doesn't work for you. It does have great feature parity with a lot of the things like building variables, parameters, modules, outputs, scopes, all these kind of things. And it's a, it's a structured, nice way of authoring the template. So you should check it out, you know, even if you don't want to change all the pipelines. So I'm looking at GitHub and Azure Bicep is open source, which is, of course, great. There's 11 open issues, uh, but out of 300 and no, out of 555, only 11 are valid for the current release of Azure Bicep, which is 0.3. So perhaps my expectation is that Microsoft built, it's about a month and a half away at the time of recording. So perhaps we'll, we'll get some news on this. Do, do you feel that Azure Bicep would be the, the final name for this or should they use something more descriptive? I mean, I, that's a great question. <laughs> That's like the unexpected question we're supposed to have at the end of the show. <laughs> I haven't thought about that, but I, I expect this to be the final name, but I really, I have not thought about it at all because I just see bicep as, as the extension of your arm, uh, you know, as you hinted in the beginning. Yeah. Um, and maybe there will be a different name for it, but I mean, the files are named .bicep file and they say they're supported in production. If they rename it, would they then have to rename the file extension as well? And mm. would then every organization in the world who's, who's making use of it have to rename and refactor their pipelines and their code again? I don't know, but we'll see. I, I will not make a, an assumption on it. Good that you brought it up. I will keep it in mind, but I, I assume Bicep is here to stay. Okay, that's, that's good to know. And now that you said about the file name, the extension, it makes sense to keep it the same. Uh, on the GitHub repo, and let's put the link in the show notes, uh, they explain Azure Bicep as the next generation of ARM templates. So that obviously tells us that this is the future. Start investing time in learning Bicep and perhaps understand ARM templates. But there's probably no point in now starting to learn all the details about ARM templates if it's enough that you get by with Azure Bicep itself. Yeah. And, and that's actually a good point. Uh, so if you are getting started and you're using Bicep and there's something you don't understand or it's not documented well enough in Bicep or whatever it is, then you can always look up exactly the same thing in ARM and write a super small template, convert it or decompile it into Bicep and you get the results. Then you get the mm -hmm. kind of the help you need. So you can always kind of reverse engineer it super quickly, super easily. If there's something you haven't figured out how it works in Bicep, then the documentation for ARM is good. You know, it's, I'm not saying that ARM templates are easy to author. <laughs> you know, I've I had my fair struggles with that uh, in the past years, but the documentation is good. The schema for ARM templates exists. 
there's um, you know good documentation around and there's a lot of support issues and forums and blog posts and resources online. So whenever there's something you want to do or need to do and you don't find it in Bicep, find it in ARM, then decompile it into Bicep and see how far you get because you can learn a lot from doing that. And that's how I learned Bicep. I took whatever I had, converted it or decompiled it. And then I took a look because I understand how my templates work. And then I saw the organ bicep file and everything clicked. All right, now I get it. This is how it works. Uh, so that's definitely something to, uh, to do. Uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good approach. So I understand you did a reach out to people on social media to ask about the opinions on Azure Bicep because Bicep is fairly new. Uh, what did you learn? What did people tell you? Yeah, so I, I did reach out on, on Twitter um, earlier today. So it's you know a bit short notice, but I just wanted to see if anyone else tried Bicep. And, and I asked, you know, give me three good things you like and or three things you think might need improvement. So uh, Ryan Yates uh, replied and said that he likes the community-driven project aspect which is a good point. And just like you mentioned, it's open source, it's community driven. Uh, we can submit PRs, we can help out, we can see what's going on. We can see the active tickets or, or issues being open and everything that comes with this being an open source project. Um, he also mentions that the uh, there's a reduction in the learning curve, which is on point also with what we talked about before. If you know ARM, you know a lot of this, right? It's inherently, you will, have the answer to most of your bicep questions if you already know ARM. Uh, and then he also likes this compile decompile task. So building the, uh, the bicep files, but also decompiling them, which we also talked about. Uh, he also mentions some uh, annoyances or irritations. And one is that it's a single purpose language. So you don't use bicep for anything else. It's only for ARM templates. And then that the syntax might be clunky in some places. Uh, and I, we can link the Twitter thread here as well. So anyone tuning in can, can you know, get more elaborate details into that. One thing he also likes is the, the PowerShell ARM, which is like the DSL for ARM templates in PowerShell. So that that is like a, I don't know if it's a competitor to Bicep as such, because you can do different things with PowerShell. But yeah, that's some feedback from Ryan Yates. We also got feedback from Christoph uh, Volman. And he likes that there's fewer errors when referencing resources and you know automatic depends on. And if you've authored templates a lot, which uh, I know I have, you also know the headaches of race conditions and depends on because you're deploying uh, maybe app config changes to a web app before the web app actually exists because the ARM template is dumb and doesn't understand how to do that unless you explicitly tell it this needs to be the order uh, of how things get done. Uh, which you do then with depends on. Another thing that Christoph mentions is uh, short readable templates, which I definitely agree with as well. Uh, you know, you get the clean syntax. Uh, I think this is something that everyone says uh, as a huge benefit with Bicep. It's clean syntax. It's less cumbersome, if you will, to, to read it. So even if you're not authoring the template, you can still read it and it's going to be less uh, cumbersome. And he also likes the, the good support in Visual Studio Code. Does not like or dislikes a little bit things like copy loops or serial flows uh, that are not very catchy. Uh, and also that it's missing a native DevOps task. And, I, and we touched a bit on this. And um, I would assume that this is coming. 
uh, you know, so you, you can have a, a task in DevOps and you can point your bicep file directly and that this is a task coming from Microsoft. That's what I would expect. Uh, but again, I'm not going to make any assumptions on that. It would be cool though. So yeah, those are the uh, the feedback we got from the community before the recording. There might be more conversations going on on Twitter, but again, we'll we'll put the link to the Twitter conversation in the show notes if anyone is interested to to jump on the bandwagon and, and talk about bicep with us. So Ryan Yates he mentioned the uh, the partial arm, and I, I think he alludes to PS arm that's currently in preview. And, and I, I did look this up previously when it was announced, and this was only a couple of weeks ago. And the, the idea, as I understand this, is that BICEP is the primary DSL approach for defining and, and deploying Azure resources. And PSARM is based in, in a way to BICEP, but it's a different project for people who, who would like to use PowerShell for doing something of the same, but producing those ARM templates directly. Yeah. And it seems the two teams, the, the team doing BICEP and the team doing PSARM, they are in good relations, meaning that perhaps when they meet at the Redmond campus, they actually can sit in the same, same lunch cafe table. But at the same time, it's a different project. So I, I've been meaning to take PSARM for a spin, but now I know that I need to try out BICEP, especially the decompile. But I also need to try out PSR because there's a lot happening in here. And I think in the past five years, nothing really happened with ARM templates. Besides, they're really clunky, really long, but you just have to learn to live with them. And now we yep. something have something new and modern to actually look into. Yeah, I, I actually took a look at the the GitHub repository now, now when you were talking and, and you know, the, the short version of PSR, it says the project is different from Project Bicep. Um, PSARM is a PowerShell embedded DSL exposed through a PowerShell module. However, it does use BICEP's underlying schema backend to power its ARM resource generation and completion. So yeah, definitely working well together. That's that's really good to know. Uh, I, I think we've sort of exhausted our ideas on Azure BICEP because it's only uh, 0.3 for now. And I'm quite sure we need to revisit Azure BICEP in the future, uh, when it nears the 1.0, that's for a lot of people is, is sort of the staple that now it's ready for production. And we only have one thing left, and that will be the surprising question. And I think it's my turn to ask you the surprising question. And if, if you want to take like 20 minutes to consider the response, that's fine. We can just be on mute on that side. <laughs> so the question is, what's the oldest gadget or appliance that you still own and something that you actually use. So not something you have in the drawer from 1995, but something that you casually or, or semi-often still get to use. Um, and are we talking about technology or are we talking about like any utility analog or not? Or is it like a technical gadget or, or household appliance which has electricity? Something that has electricity. Okay. So there is one thing that comes to mind, and that's a remote control to control my lights from like 2006 or so, super, super old. The, the remote control is originally white, but it is now turned yellow because it's been <laughs> in the sun. It's been, well, mm -hmm. it's since 2006, so obviously it's 15 years old. 
Uh, so it's it's now super yellow, not super fresh. And I use that for um, a power socket. So it's not really to control the lights. It's it's to control the power socket connectivity. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I and I use that. I have this in a drawer in, in my house or in my apartment. So I when I click it, it turns off the power the main power outlet that is connecting then several extension cords. So whenever I go on a vacation or I go on an extended leave outside of the house, I, I click it. I disable you know all the main systems, all the TVs, all the you know whatever gadgets are connected. They automatically gets uh, you know a full shutdown, not just standby. So that's a, a super old thing, uh, but I mean it works. The electricity and components haven't really changed since 2006, uh, and I did study some electric um, electrical um, engineering. I think you would call this in English today. The components there have not really advanced that much uh, with the relays. It's on or it's off, and that's it. I think I, I think that's what I would say if it's. If I would say something else that's been with me for a long time, it's one of my first uh, guitar tuners, which you have to plug in with a cord, mm -hmm. which is strange because if you have a guitar tuner, it is probably on batteries and you can just put it on your lap and you can tune your guitar. This one uses a cord. I think it's from the 90s or something. Um, I didn't play guitar at the moment. Uh, I started playing guitar in like 2004, something like that. But I got this, you know, from a from a scrapyard sale or something many, many, many years back, and and that still works. And I use it, uh, so that's cool. Okay, that's admirable. And I take it that in the future, when when you, when you move to your new house. With the uh, with the nice garden where you can see your plants, is that you will take your remote controller from 2006 to your new house and install it there as well, or is it time to let it go? You know, <laughs> it's a tough question. <laughs> uh, so I'm uh, like you know uh, because you know me by now is I don't usually upgrade stuff for the sake of upgrading. I don't get new monitors. I don't get new mobile phones or devices or gadgets because I have what I need. You know, I'd, I'd rather I I donate uh, a lot of money to uh, to organizations that need it, but if I were to make an upgrade when I buy the new house, definitely this remote control might be considered <laughs> as legacy by now, and and I should replace it with something perhaps a bit more safe, um, safe to use for the kids as well. Often I've realized that when you relocate, when you move to a new house or to a new country stuff breaks and that sort of forces you to to get new stuff at the same time but you also feel that well it's a new house i want new stuff in here for reasons but if you have something that works from 2006 and it, if it works in the future that's that's great you don't need to keep on buying new stuff yeah but but this thing specifically might have reached its uh, end of life <laughs> definitely <laughs> sounds good so this was fun talking about azure bicep uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be sure to put everything we mentioned in the show notes, the, the, the GitHub repos and the additional stuff as well. And until next week. All right. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. 
Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltasher.com. Stay tuned. Thank you.